Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Second to None podcast, the podcast on the Believe podcast that covers everything and all things SEC football related. Here with my co-host, Tavares King, I'm Blaine Gilmer, and Tavares, we have football tonight as we're recording this. There is actual college football going on. How excited are you? Man, I'm hyped. I see you got it on back there. I got me. I got a nice little setup over here. I got it on back here as well, man. Uh, yeah. I'm hyped about it, bro. It's uh, it's finally here. It's the time everybody's been waiting on. Yeah, if you're watching on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, you can see I definitely have the Ohio State-Minnesota game going on behind me. I got Tennessee over here on my phone over here, so we're going to try not to be too distracted while we're recording right here. But, uh, TK, it is – since we're all about the SEC here, we touched on Monday on those spreads to open things up, the bet online spreads, and we're going to hit uh, our sponsor bet online here in just a second. But we're going to throw those back up on the screen for the people on the YouTube uh, feed, on the podcast feed. You know, if you're listening to this, you can see uh, here that Alabama is 19 and a half point favorite over Miami, Arkansas, 19 and a half point favorite over Rice, Auburn, 37 point favorite over Akron. LSU a thirty or a three point five a three and a half point favorite at UCLA so that's an interesting one. Uh, then you have Mississippi State twenty three and a half at home versus La Tech Monday night. Ole Miss nine and a half versus Louisville. Texas A and M twenty nine and a half versus Kent, uh, Kent State. Florida twenty four and a half versus Florida Atlantic. The big one up in Charlotte. Uh, Clemson is a three point favorite over Georgia in Charlotte. Twenty nine and a half point favorites are the Kentucky Wildcats versus UL Monroe. Missouri thirteen and a half point favorite over Central Michigan, but we're going to be talking a lot about that one here later. And then no spreads for the South Carolina and Vandy game. And as we're recording this right now, Tennessee is playing Bowling Green. They were 30, 34 and a half point favorite. We highlighted Joe Milton on our Wednesday episode. And Tennessee, as we're speaking right now, is up 7 nothing with 8.20 left to go in the first quarter. So this show, if you're listening to it, is dropping on Friday morning. We're recording on Thursday evening. So those are all the spreads. We touched on those early, TK. Um, and we're going to make our final pick. So we've been studying all week. Uh, do you feel confident going into making these picks in week one? Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about them. I mean, everybody, every everybody should should come out with a dub. I think in the SEC this week. Um, it's how I'm rolling. SEC SEC undefeated week one is is what you're going to go with. 
TK, before we even break these games down? Before, yeah, yeah. I mean, just looking at kind of some of the cupcakes we we got out there, there's there's several that should be victorious. Um, obviously, Miami is one we're gonna talk about later. Um, Central Michigan, Missouri, um, but and yeah, Georgia, Clemson, uh, Georgia. No, we winning, but hold on. <laughs> he's, he's, he, TK, TK rooting for his his dogs. Obviously, yeah, there. Yeah. And speaking of dogs, TK, we have one of your former teammates, a guy who really, you know, you and him, a lot of helped each other out with a lot of each other's success. Introduce our guest that's going to be coming up here. Man, we got my man, my dog, I call him Sticks, Aaron Murray, man. Uh, so glad that we can have him come on. Uh, yeah, excited to have, have you, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron Aaron joined us early uh, earlier today, we were able to record with him. I had to had to go around, uh, as you mentioned, the goat schedule over there. You know what I'm saying? He was getting ready to go see a little golf at East Lake, and they, they chop it up a little bit and talk about that. But uh, we're definitely going to let him preview Georgia versus Clemson right after this word from Bet Online, guys. I'm going to throw those spreads back up there one more time. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning now to football teams as they're back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get the latest updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half million dollar mega contest. TK, we talked about that a half mil. Come on now. Come yeah, on. I told you I'm betting all year. That's this, it. Uh, this Auburn Akron game looking real nice with this 37 point spread. That's it. The world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest as well. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet on Thursday, September 9th where the NFL opener was between the Bucks and the Cowboys. So if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo NFL 100. So use that promo. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And with that, we're going to go right into our Clemson and Georgia preview with Mr. Aaron Murray. All right, now, as promised on the Second to None podcast, we have none other than one of the greatest quarterbacks to play in SEC history, definitely one of the greatest at the University of Georgia, Mr. Aaron Murray. Aaron, thank you for joining us here on Second to None to preview Georgia versus Clemson. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. This is a, uh, it's a big week. I'm pumped, and it's just a lot of excitement. Thursday night football, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, a lot of great SEC matchups, obviously the Tour Championship in Atlanta, this is like to me one of the best weekends of the year because we've been waiting all you know what eight months for football. We get it. We get some East Lake action and just get to sit back, eat, drink, and have some fun. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. And it's a little bit cooler outside. It's finally it. hundred degrees out. Right, right. My dog sticks. I'm happy to have you on, bro. I appreciate you coming on for real. Really, yeah. really, really do. You talking about East Lake? You headed down that way. I am. I, I, I'm going today to catch me a little something because I got to go call a game. I have uh, Syracuse at Ohio this weekend, so I'll be up there in Athens, Ohio, calling the game. So this is my one day to sneak out of the house, go watch a little golf uh, before I have to hit the road. This is this is the time of the year where I actually have to work, and I just can't play golf every day. As my wife likes to say, "Do you are you playing golf again today? 
<laughs> but, uh, right, right. I, I take full advantage of my schedule in the offseason. Right. Yeah, you got to. You got to. You you deserve it, bro. You've earned you've earned that for sure. I just gotta get my swing like you, because I mean it's it's a little it's pretty buttery. You get through the ball pretty nice. Yeah, I, I, I get through it. I, from Rhett. I know you've been taking lessons from Rhett. Yeah, I've been getting. I've been. I've been taking some. Uh, getting a few pointers. You. You. You might want to get some today when you. Uh, when you checking them. them I know. I'm gonna try to like distract Harris English on the practice range for like a quick second. Harris, like, hey, Harris, Harris, go, go, give me just two tips. Like I'm just not getting my hips. They're kind of stalling out a little bit. I just need one drill. Give me a little something, something uh, so I can do my thing on the golf course. So I'll see if I can distract them first. Yeah, that boy. That boy Harris will get you right for sure, man. Well, you know, it's funny. I had um, – God, what is it? I had Ryan Skates. I don't know if you guys know Skates uh, or not, former Georgia grad. And um, he lives down in Sea Island. And he's like, hey, can you come speak to the Bulldog Club down in Sea Island in October? And he's like, what's your fee? And I was like, all right, this is my fee. I said, but I'll knock the fee down if you give me a couple lessons with Harris English's trainer. I was like, I may even do the damn thing for free if you give me two lessons like on Monday, Tuesday – We'll call it even, and then you know I'll, I'll head on my merry way, give a great speech, and head back to Atlanta. So he's gonna try to work it so I can get some good lessons while I'm down there. That's a that's a solid deal. That's a solid deal. Speaking of deals, look, I got two questions. This is my first one for you. JT Daniels giving giving his teammates uh, a little bit of his nil. I know you would have got some coins back in the day, bro. Would you, you know, would you, you help little TK out, bro? You threw me a First little. I heard, I heard, I heard you on some radio show talking crap, saying that oh, Aaron would never have done that. Um, <laughs> I'm asking now. I'm asking. No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I, would. I This is what I would have done, and I've told all the crazy. I would have found other ways to take care of the boys, whether it's dinner, drinks. I don't know if I would have been paid like seven figures, man. Everyone's getting a brand new scooter. Like I would have bought the guys toys, you know, just yeah, like yeah, you know, what do the quarterbacks in the NFL do? They, they're not giving part of their salary to the offensive linemen. They're just buying them stuff and right, taking yeah. them to dinner and buying them ATVs and flat screen TVs. Like that's how I would do it instead of, cause it gets, cause then you have to divide it up. Then it gets spread out. Then all those guys didn't have to go pay taxes on that money. Right. Right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a 1099 year offensive lineman. You got a point there, but I was just what, okay. If you, I would have took a scooter. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. See, <laughs> we were talking the other day, Aaron, about, you know, JT Daniels uh, saying, okay, boys, if no sacks this week and you get a thousand a piece, uh, you know, something like that. But then, like you said, you got to end up 1099 in people at the end yeah. of the year. <laughs> These are going to be like employees of JT Daniels LLC, you know? <laughs> right. But it just it gets really tricky at that point. And then those guys go spend it. They don't realize that they got to pay tax. It just gets a really weird with all that other crap. I would rather much say, hey, you, you know, no sacks, and I'm willing to spend $5,000 at whatever restaurant you guys want. And yeah, whatever, if you yeah. want to do that. And that way it comes out the same amount of money, and dudes get to go eat for, you know, yeah. even if it's for five straight days, eat wherever you want. It's a good and it's a good time for everybody. So speaking of a good time, it's going to be a packed stadium, even with all the COVID stuff going on. Uh, it's going to be a just crazy environment up in Charlotte. Aaron, uh, just before we get into our specific questions for you, what's just your overall uh, general view of this game heading into it with Georgia and Clemson? 
Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. I mean, there it's probably going to be at the end of the day, it'll be a top five game. We'll see this entire season. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be. I just go back to last season. Last year was, and the year before was just crazy offense, especially last season. I mean, some of these games you watch, and it's like this is stupid. Like it's seven on seven. There's no defense. I think this year we're going to see defenses start to to catch up to what offenses are doing, starting to really understand how to to to, to handle the RPOs, the spread offenses, the up tempo. They're going to catch up. It's not going to be 40, 50 points per game. So I do think this is going to be a lower type scoring game, as, as TK and I you know, both know. Offenses tend to be a little bit slower to start the season off. You're talking about two of the best defensive coordinators and defensive coaching staffs in all of America, two of the best defenses in all of America. So it's not going to be – I think the over-under is around 51. Uh, I don't. I would not be surprised if it's under that. I think it's going to be a great game, competitive game, back and forth. Two teams that are loaded. Um, I'm just excited to see it. I think it's going to be four quarters of just great, great football for the fans to watch. TK, you got a question for him yeah. on quarterbacks? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, everything you just said, Murray. But speaking of quarterbacks, man, and what no better guy to ask um, with you you know, being the leader of our team back in the day, what are some of the challenges you have a JT Daniels might have um, with some young wideouts being out there, with some young guys? What are some of those challenges he might have with those guys being out there? And how can he aid those guys early on um, in certain situations to help with confidence and things like that? Well, they got they got to first make the game plan simple. You know, I know fans want this thing to open wide open, and they want you know four wides and eleven personnel, ten personnel, and they're throwing the ball over the ballpark. I still think the strength of this offense is the running game. Zimmer White, Milton, Cook, Kenny. You know, get into third and, and manageable situations. I think the the team that can do that against these defenses, the team that's going to have the most success. Um, you know, you can't expect to win this football game if you're in third and seven plus every single time. You know, you got to be in third and three to six, third and three to five, three and one to two with the chance and the threat to possibly run the ball as well. So I think that helps the receivers because, let's say, if you're in third and long situation and you're going against cloud coverage or two safeties, uh, it just makes it really difficult to run routes. It makes it difficult because you got brackets on the outside with the two safeties. Um, you want one-on-one coverage. Um, so – you know, as long as the offense can get into those situations, I think that's going to take some pressure off the receivers because they're not having to run deep routes to try to convert third and long situations. You know, I, I like this receiving core. Um, I, I don't – they're not LSU two years ago. They're not Alabama last year. They're good. And and, and hopefully they've grown up a little bit this offseason. I think it's hurt them to the fact that Kiaris Jackson and Jermaine Byrne have been nicked up a little bit this camp, really haven't had the ability to get all the timing needed with JT. Because there's one thing to do, get spring and summer and beginning of fall camp, but you're fit, you're running certain routes against your defense, right? Uh, and those defensive concepts. Now you need to learn to run those routes and those plays against what you're going to see against Clemson. And I just don't know if they've had the amount of time to do that at an extremely high level because of the fact they've been so banged up on the offensive side. So. You know, like I said, my main message is really for the fans. Don't expect, in my mind, this offense, if they're going to want to succeed, to throw the ball 40, 50 times this game. I still think it's going to have to be a very balanced attack. Take some pressure off JT. Take some pressure off these receivers where they're not having to convert third and long situations over and over again. 
Right. And and like you said, bro, it's it's early on. Offense is a tough thing to deal with early on because you're going to see different things that you might not have went over. Because they're going to throw – Clemson is – they have a great defense. They got a great front seven just like we have a great front seven. They're going to throw some things at us that we haven't seen. So it's it's going to be tough to manage. So to, to that point that you said, fans, don't expect us to throw the ball – well, to do what you're saying, it's so much easier for defenses because defenses can can go into a game plan with, you know, five different coverages and five different blitzes and say, okay, listen, two by two sets, this is what we check to, three by one sets, this is what we check to, um, zero by three, this is what the check is, and that's it. And it's it that's that's ingrained in them through the entire offseason. And and obviously you make little tweaks based on what the team you're facing's personnel is, but for an offense, you know, when you're seeing different def- defensive schematics, it changes a lot of stuff within the plays. It, ch- it changes the quarterback, what he's checking. It changes what the actual route the receiver is going to look like. There's so much more detail that goes into the offense that it takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit more rhythm. So, like I said, I think when you're facing two of the best defenses in the country and two offenses that are having to replace a lot, especially Clemson having to replace a good amount of skill guys – Word on the street, Justin Ross got a little bit banged up with his ankle. Who knows how healthy he's going to be? I, I just I anticipate this being, you know, a game that could be around twenty-four to twenty. And Aaron, uh, to, to, yeah, and to to that point, Aaron, I wanted to say, you know, with these defensive fronts, how good they are. Both teams throughout this fall camp, Clemson and Georgia, have been unsettled at center for different reasons. Uh, Clemson you know, appears to be running out a guy that out there that's 6'2", 285 up against Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. How concerning is that for Clemson going on when they have a guy who was a former, you know, he was going to be brought to Clemson as a uh, preferred walk-on, gets a scholarship right at signing day, and is 6'2", 285, taking on Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, that kind of bunch. Well, as a Georgia, Georgia fan, I'm loving it, man. Let's go. <laughs> that to me, that's – that's that's what gives me confidence in this game is Georgia's front seven. And and it goes back to my thought process of getting in third in, in manageable situations. And if Clemson can't run the football, you know, they lose ETN. ETN was Mr. Do It All, whether it's catching or running the football. You know, I you know they've they've recruited at that position, they got guys there. They're not proven, and I don't know if they're ready to to handle this big of a spotlight just yet. And who knows, maybe they are, but if you're going to say, hey, DJ, Uwe Ungalele, I got to keep practicing. I'm getting Uwe Ungalele. <laughs> you're going to have to put the team on your back and you're going to have to go through for 400 yards because we can't run the football. That plays right into what Georgia wants to do defensively. So as a Georgia fan, you're licking your chops because I, if you can hold Clemson's running game and, and, and keep them to one to two yards a pop or even three yards a pop, uh, that's a huge win for those guys, and that's going to take pressure off the secondary. I, I keep saying this is to me Georgia's defense reminds me a little bit about what what the Bucks and Buccaneers were able to do last year versus Kansas City. You know, eleven personnel, you got a six man front, four defensive linemen, th- two linebackers in the box, and you're able to play too deep. Mm-hmm. You're able to put a safety over, you know, Tyreek. You're able to to uh, bracket uh, Travis Kelsey. The same thing can be done versus Clemson. You know, if you're able to stop the run and just be able to keep six guys in the box, be able to double team Justin Ross over the top, uh, and then kind of then bracket whoever whoever else you want. I think to me that's how George is able to really dominate not only this game but really the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I think Georgia quite possibly could end up stopping Clemson's run game with only five in the box in this game, honestly. They're, they're that dominant with Jordan Davis. But last thing on the centers, how unsettling is it as a quarterback for both Daniels and Ungalele that they've had to rotate centers throughout camp? I mean, going into game week and you just still don't know who your center may be, how difficult is that to tell people in terms of protection calls, run identifications, just and just center quarterback exchanges? Well, it starts with the center quarterback exchange, and I just hope that both both centers uh, have a dry behind because there's nothing worse than you know one, one center is nice and dry and the other one's all wet and it's just it, it's soggy and nasty. Luckily, Ben Jones and, and David didn't really sweat too much on their butts, so that was great. Um, but that makes a huge difference. But yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, the communication with your center is is key. You know, you trust that guy. You know, as I'm getting lined up and and looking at the secondary and, and, and making any checks I need to with the receivers, you know, you're trusting him to really get those other four guys in the offensive line set. So if there's uncertainty with that guy, if, hey, I haven't had enough reps, I don't completely know everything I need to know, that just puts more in the quarterback's play, which, I mean, both these quarterbacks should be able to handle all of that, but it's nice to divvy up some of the responsibility. Absolutely. So, we, TK, you were angling for a DK, uh, yeah, Dr. Pepper's sponsorship for the show. Now it sounds like Aaron's, you know, angling for us to have a Gold Bond sponsorship for this show, you know, something like that. TK, you got anything for Aaron before we get out of here, man? Man, no, nah, sticks. Go learn something at East Lake today so uh, we can get out there and you can teach me something new. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. Really do, bro. Thank, th- thank you for coming on. And uh, j- just Aaron, just so we have it on record before we get it out of here, what's the prediction? Who's who's going to win this one on Saturday? I, I got Georgia twenty four twenty. You know, great defensive struggle. I just like Georgia's ability to get in those third and manageable situations, run the football a little bit better, be more balanced on offense uh, compared to. I just don't know if Clemson can have that balance against elite defense. And don't forget, because this is going to make my boy Drew Butler happy. Georgia does have the better special teams. So in a game like this early on the season, special teams plays a huge part. Uh, and I think our two guys uh, are better than their two guys. So that's one part of the game that check box Georgia special teams. Now you just got to win offense or defense. And keeping up with the golf theme, Jake Kermarter famously came to the podium last year during a press conference and said, I'm only answering questions about golf. So, uh, you know, that's what that's what Kirby gets for putting the punter out there to, to answer questions. But, Aaron, we thank you so much for joining. Uh, you have it here. He's picking Georgia 24-20. And that is Aaron Murray on the second to none. All right, and a big thank you there to Aaron Murray. TK, a true SEC legend, I think for the longest time before before some guys came through here recently, Aaron was right up there in the in the most passing yards all time, and in uh, and had a lot of uh, passing records actually in the SEC. And you had a you had a big hand to do with that, so you know, pat yourself on the back there, TK. I give myself a little one of these, but man, hats off to him for a phenomenal career. Proud of him. Proud of who he is. Proud of what he's doing now. Um, in, in his commentating career, he, uh, just some phenomenal work, especially with his ESP uh, work that he does with his program. That's amazing as well. Um, but, yeah, getting back to, to what he was talking about, the big game, um, I kind of agree with, with a lot of what he was saying. If we're going to be if we're going to be successful uh, Saturday night against Clemson, we're going to have to be able to get the running game going. That's going to have to be something that is a major emphasis. Um, obviously, it'll be tough against, you know, their D-line. D- D- 
But you know, I, I was looking at something today. We've got we've got a lot of experience up there. We've got a lot of guys that's rolled and played and played in some some pretty big games. So I'm excited to see that. Um, I'm excited to see that matchup of our O line, their D line, and and vice versa. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to see that. No doubt. And you know, in terms of Georgia's offensive line, really the only person that's truly inexperienced would be if Cedric Von Prahn has to play center if Warren Ericks is not able to because you got guys like Jamari Sawyer up there. You've got uh, Justin Schaefer up there is back for a fifth year. Um, right. You know, Georgia's, Georgia's got plenty. You know, McClendon played last year and was a freshman All-American. I mean, he, he was he was stellar. So, uh, you know, you've got a lot of experience up there. And Georgia, to your point, I do, and to Aaron's point, I think it's important that they run the ball because Clemson is so – good at rushing the passer those guys are kirby smart said in his press conference this week they're built to rush the passer they're smaller d linemen they're not big run run pluggers they're more you know attack shoot gaps so if george is able to run the ball right at them that slows them down from pinning their ears back on that pass rush and i think that's going to be a big key but vice versa like you said uh tk i don't know if Clemson, as I pointed out with there, I don't know if Clemson's going to be able to handle Georgia's front seven, especially if they're starting a 285-pound center that's never really played before against guys like Jim Davis. Listen here, dude. Uh, big dog like Swedish fish I seen on his Instagram. <laughs> Jordan gonna, Davis. Yeah, he going to gobble them boys up. That's and it. He going to gobble them boys up like some Swedish fish. 285, that's a little, that's a little light for, uh, for, for Jordan, man. No doubt. And then the other thing I wanted to point out is Georgia, they're inexperienced, admittedly, on that back end. And Clemson's receivers are a very, very good core of receivers. They're probably the strength of that offense, I would say, right now. So, TK, one thing that happens when you have quarterbacks that are able to extend plays like DJ Ua Ungalele can extend the play is you have to worry about that scramble drill. And I know that's something that you guys worked when you were on offense at Georgia working that scramble drill because Aaron was able to move around and extend plays as well. How does a defense – what's the best way for a defense to prevent that from, from happening to begin with? What, what, what does Georgia need to do to prevent those big plays over the top on the scramble drills and things like that? Well, that would be putting pressure – well, make them one-dimensional first of all. Um, make them one-dimensional, make them have to throw the ball. But then second, secondly, keep, keep DJ inside the pocket one collapse that pocket so he can't can't get outside the pocket and, and create create um plays downfield just that are secondary and shouldn't have been there um and then plaster when he gets outside of the top pocket plaster to your man get right up in him kind of like uh gary payton used to do i said the glove the glove a glove yeah, reference on second to none yeah, it back. Shout we're out bringing to back all kinds of pop culture references nba references tk is going to be doing he's going to be talking about who who knows what next it's going to be that's why you turn into second to none all right so now we have another game that is a pretty big game alabama 19 and a half points given to them versus miami but tk i didn't want to say before we hit that there, well, you mentioned before cupcake games. Let's go ahead and rattle off our predictions. We think Auburn, uh, we think Arkansas, Auburn, Texas A&M, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Vandy. No, no worries this week, right? All of them, all of them, going to run the table. Yeah, they're going to run the table now. If you betting though, if you betting online, 
you might want to take a peek at this, these throwing spreads back back up there. Yeah, we'll, we'll look at the spreads. Uh, the one that, that TK wants everybody to look at is that Akron 37 and a half. Uh, that Akron's getting 37 and a half at Auburn. Uh, that TK, what do you think about that? I said, I told you, my man Kanate Mofield told me he ain't they ain't letting them put 37, bro. Come on, that's a lot. That's a lot. He said, Yeah. And it, and it's a change of philosophy there, too. I think the, the betting line is still thinking Gus Malzahn's there and that spread attack, not the Brian Harson and Mike Bobo uh, pro style that, that that Auburn's still getting used to. I know you right, guys right. put up a lot of points with that, but they're still getting used to it, you know. So, we did, uh, and, and, and to that point, early on, we struggled. I think early on, we struggled. I think we played Buffalo early on. In the first three quarters, we were struggling to, you know, do some stuff. I think Murray and I actually missed on, like, two or three post routes. So we could have – he could have had some more uh, uh, records, uh, yeah. you know. But no, nah, to that point, you know, it's early on in the season. Um, Thirty-seven's a lot, bro. Thirty-seven's a lot to give those guys early on learning new offense. That's something. Take a peek at my batters, my fellow batters. I'm a better too. Absolutely, and then of course we have uh, Alabama versus Miami now in Atlanta. Uh, Alabama, of course, comes in a heavy favorite, 19 and a half points, so not quite three touchdowns, which I think is the mark that Alabama could win this game by. You you have different thoughts, maybe. You think Miami may may test them a little bit. Uh, my big question coming into this one, TK, is, you know, you got Bryce Young, who obviously he signed the big NIL deal, almost a million dollars worth of stuff this this offseason. There's lots of hype there, but I got a question. Is is he that guy? You know, is he is he the dude that that uh, looked looked good at great in high school and uh, everybody's expecting him to be at Alabama? I mean, that's what we're waiting to see, man. Um, he gets a big opportunity here in Atlanta. Um, you know, what you call their second home. We got beef for that, too. But you know he's got a <laughs> he's got a he's got a big opportunity here in Atlanta against Miami, um, a Miami team that that I think is pretty good. And and on the offensive side, Derrick King, I think he's going to have to really carry um, that team if they're going to come out victorious. Um, although they do return ninety five percent of their offense, which is huge. But again, we're going up. They're going up against the Bama defense that I think returns how many of their guys? Eight. Three. Oh, three. three. Three three returning starters on offense for Alabama. Eight eight returning starters on defense. Right. So yeah, right. you think about that. You got eight eight guys that have been in the Nick Saban off, uh, defense for you know a year, then they know a little yeah. bit. So so um, Derek's got his hands cut out for him. Um, Nineteen points for my betters. Um, man, I say I, it's tough to bet against Bama. I say take the take take Bama. Absolutely. So he's gonna he's he's gonna say that Alabama covers TK. Where they say good teams win, great teams cover, right? So that's that's what happens. That's what the betters like to say. Great teams cover. So we'll see if Bama covers the nineteen and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who steps up around Bryce Young because, as we mentioned, three returning starters for Alabama on offense. They lost so much production to the NFL. Is it gonna be? You know, a, one of those young receivers, like an Ajayi Hall or a Ja'Cory Brooks, but both of those are true freshmen coming in first ever game in a big game national TV environment. TK, you talked about that on Wednesday. What that is like in terms of making those adjustments on the fly and things like that. It doesn't matter how talented you are; the nerves are still there. And uh, you know, we'll have to see if Alabama can 
combat those. Somehow Nick Saban seems to have some kind of special elixir that turns those guys into robots and they don't have any nerves. You know, they just seem to play uh, at a higher level. But as you mentioned, uh, Miami brings back everybody on that on that offense except for Brevin Jordan. But, uh, you know, Brevin Jordan goes to the NFL, major tight end. Well, they bring in a two-year starter from Oklahoma in Charlton Rambo who can just light people up as a, as a receiver. So lose a little bit of the tight end position, gain some at wide receiver. So it's going to be, a, a, I think, a high-scoring affair. I, I still think Alabama's defense, even though they return uh, eight, I, th- I think Alabama's defense lacked last year. I mean, you saw what Ole Miss did to them. They put up, you know, almost 60 points on those jokers. I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, yeah, they, they lacked. But, again, to that point, they had a, they got a year under one of the greatest minds, bro, one of the greatest defensive minds ever, um, yeah. if not the best ever. So, um, so they've, they've, they've had time to learn. They've had time to grow. So, again, take those points, people. And take, speaking of taking the points, if you want to score points with some of your friends, guys, you need to go to play action pools. If you're wanting some camaraderie in the office and things like that, our podcast is partnering with play action pools this season to bring some interactive sports fun. And uh, you'll be able to get in on our play action pools, the Believe Podcast play action pools pick them challenge which is open to everyone so what you need to do is go to the believe football pick them at playactionpools.com and then you get your picks each week we're going to select 10 highest profile games of the week between nfl and college and whoever gets the most picks each week will win a pair of ledger sunglasses dc shoes lots of prizes like that again go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest believe that's b L E A V football pick them. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to uh, playactionpools.com today. There's survivor pick them pools as well as sports style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for office sports pools. So, DK, we may have to may have to get some guys together and do a little pick them challenge later in the year or something like that. But uh, speaking of pick you know, we've had a We've had an interesting dialogue going back and forth this week on this Missouri and Central Michigan game. Uh, this could have been one of those that you would think would go in the cupcake pile, you know, with a with a group of five team coming down to an SEC school. Yet Central Michigan, there's just some things to like about that team. Is there not, TK? Yeah, I mean, when you get into the finer details of things, um, obviously, you know, Jim McElwain is not going to be in the game I'm hearing, we're hearing. Um, Pendicitis got him. Yeah, yeah, Al. Uh, yeah. yeah, that yeah. sucks, man. Uh, prayers up for him. But, yeah, I mean, Central Michigan returns 21 of 22 starters, y'all. I think we talked about that a little bit on Wednesday. Um, that's – I mean, that's 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 crazy. So, the experience there, you know, I'm a, I'm a big experience guy. I, hell, I stayed at Georgia five years. So, mm-hmm. so, so, I'm big on experience, man. I think that experience is huge. But with your coach not being there, um, I think that's I think that's tough. I think that takes a, a little element out of it. Um, well, it may take an element out of it, but I wanted to ask you too, as a player, when when you have a coach that's maybe going through something, do you kind of play for the coach? Is that could it also be a rallying factor too type deal? Well, yeah, hundred percent. That's that's definitely in their head. Let's do this for coach. But but it's tough to it's tough to do things. Everything changes for everybody. The pecking order. Um, OC yeah. has to be the OC has to make decisions that he wasn't making, you know, stuff like that, or the DC, whoever it is, whoever is allotted, you know, that that job now that uh, you know Jim McElwain's not going to be there on Saturday. 
then it gets it gets to be fourth down. They're like, who's gonna make the call? Who's who's yeah, going? Like, you punting? You know, everybody looking around like, damn. But no, so <laughs> so so I mean, it's it's tough. So it's tough for everybody. I think it's a, it's a definitely a little bit of adversity for those guys to to be facing early on um, before before a whistle's blown to start the game. Absolutely. And then, so Daniel Richland is the quarterback returning for Central Michigan. He's 5'10", 205, a little bowling ball, like round, round mound of rebound running through there with Charles Barkley style. But the dude can ball. You go watch his highlights. He can really play. So we have referenced on this show now Gary Payton and and Charles Barkley on this show. Who knew? Who knew that was coming? But also they have a, they have a running back in Lou Nichols, uh, you know, Send a little link over to you. You had to watch some of his highlights, man. Lou Nichols was the Mac freshman of the year. That man is electric. I mean, he he makes plays. He can tote it. He can tote it. He's he's elusive. He's explosive. Uh, yeah, he's special, man. I mean, I I I like him. I like round the 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 round quarterback as well. Uh, yeah, they both can get down, man. So I I feel like. The opportunities there for them to make make some plays for sure. And there's a lot of pressure to me on Missouri to actually, you know, take care of business in this game because they go to Kentucky and to BC all in their first four games. That's three of their four first first four games are what I call losable games. And Connor Basilak has to do more this year because Larry Roundtree, who was the leading rusher all time at the at Missouri, the all time wow. leading rusher, is gone. Uh, he's in the NFL now. So, you know, more on Connor Basilak this year. He had seven touchdowns to six interceptions. Definitely they want to see that ratio improve for him. Can't turn the ball over as much. Of course, that was only in 10 games. But just be on upset alert. But let's go ahead and, uh, you know, so we've got – I know you got Georgia beating Clemson. Yeah. I, I know that uh, we both picked Alabama to beat Miami. Now – when it comes down to it, are you putting Missouri officially on upset alert and picking CMU, or are you going to say Missouri holds on uh, in Columbia? Man, it'd be fun. To, it'd be it'd be fun, but uh, just given the circumstances, man, I just think it's just a, it's it's a lot. Um, even though they have experience, that's a tough one. Uh, Man, let's go, Central Michigan. Let's go. I'm rolling with Central Michigan, man. Let's go. I like them, too. I like them, too. I think it's going to be kind of the rallying cry, playing for Jim McElwain, you know, type deal. And and I think those playmakers are just there. And Eli Drinkwitz, I'm not going to lie, he's kind of goofy, man. He, he was doing all kinds of crazy stuff, trying to be like Lane Kiffin in the in the press conferences this offseason. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think we're going to – I think we're going to both go with Central Michigan. Now, a game that, that we – uh, touched on earlier in the week, LSU, UCLA. We don't really have a whole lot of notes on, on this one or anything, but, you know, we know that that LSU is the more talented team, and we know LSU should win this game. My only question is to you, TK, does the impact of them with Hurricane Ida having to go to Houston midway through the week and then leave from Houston over to UCLA and being gone from your home element for so long, does that impact this game enough for you think UCLA – coming off a huge victory, a 44-3 to three victory, I think, over Hawaii. Does that impact this game enough for UCLA and Chip Kelly to take down Ed Orgeron and the LSU Tigers? That'll be that's – a, that's a really interesting game. Another game due to, due to circumstances that, that I think is interesting. Um, obviously, Chip Kelly 
has a high flying off offense. Um, they're electric, but um, Coach O and LSU, man, they're 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 built for this. I think they're built for this. I think that they're built for adversity. Um, New Orleans is a place that's built for adversity. So I think that the Tigers will go out there and be victorious. I think they'll take care of business, kind of like what you just said, man. They're 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 probably thinking the same thing. We're gonna do this for Nolan. So I I, I think they go out there you know, chomping at the bit, ready to get after it. Um, you know, that's one that I'm excited to watch, actually. Yeah, I, I think LSU wins, but I think it's, I, I think this one's tight for a while just because I think LSU's been going through a lot. But I think ultimately the talent uh, disparity, the depth disparity will win out for LSU. I, I, I really like Max Johnson, uh, mm-hmm. Oconee County kid, you know, from here uh, in Georgia and uh, the, the, you know, crafty lefty that uh, did his thing against Florida last year when Florida threw the shoe and ruined their whole season. So, you know, you got to gotta bring that up, of course, on on this. I think that should be like a once-a-week thing. We have to bring up the dude threw the shoe and threw Florida's season away. But uh, anyways, we're both going to the LSU there. And then our final game that we got to get to is Old Miss and Louisville. Uh, that's played on Monday night. The lane train, year two, rolling, uh, rolling in there. It's in Oxford. So Louisville's coming to to Ole Miss. Uh, what do you what do you think? What do you what do you like about this game in Lane Lane Kiffin's second year? This is this game. Is this game Mon- Monday Mon- night in in thought, Oxford. Oh baby, man! I I'm on the Lane train, man. I uh, yeah. I, I think he's got those guys rolling. I think that he he has them. Focused, and I think that they play a different different kind of ball. They play fast. They play high speed. He's trying to play a lot of snaps, a lot of plays. He's trying to score a lot of points. So this this another another fun game that I think that will be interesting. Obviously, they got to replace Elijah Moore, but they got their third, fourth, and fifth returning you know, receivers. Yeah, receivers. So um, again, kind of to the point that I said about. You know, Coach Saban being a, a, an amazing hell football mind, but but defensive mind. Lane Kiffin finds a way, dude, to make offensive offenses just explode. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how good they they'll be, and I think that I think that they they come out on top for sure as well. Yeah, they're a nine and a half point favorite at home. Matt Corral. Uh, I put in our notes, he's that dude. I mean, he is a bona fide Heisman Trophy candidate. If if Ole Miss can win enough games, uh, he could be very much so in that Lamar Jackson type uh, realm where Lamar and them, you know, Louisville wasn't in a national title picture, but he put up so much, so many numbers that he had to win that Heisman Trophy that year. Matt Corral could do the same thing. The guy can really run. He was their second leading rusher last year, threw for a ton of yardage, and he's got uh, Braylon Sanders. Don, uh, Don Terry Drummond, Jonathan Mingo, and then John Rice Plumley, who was the quarterback before Matt Corral, uh, also a baseball player at Ole Miss. He moves out to slot receiver, so have that little Wes Welker type element to it out there, uh, a fast slot guy. Um, and then, of course, on the other side, you got Malik Cunningham, who's a third-year starter now for Louisville. I mean, he, he's going to be, you know, he he is a true dual threat. DK, there may be a hundred points scored in this game because Ole Miss can't stop a soul now. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I mean, they were ranked what 117th in scoring. 
last year. They were the 117th ranked scoring defense. For, for, no, for, to, for reference, there's only 128 teams in the country, folks. Yeah, they need to start recruiting some uh, defensive players. They just scored, like I said. Like, Lane Kiffin is he gonna, he going to figure out a way to put them points on the board. And, and to that point, that's probably why he's trying to play so fast because he knows, damn, we can't stop no. We got he knows they got to score, but bust the clock. He knows they got to score. So, just for reference, Ole Miss 117th scoring defense last year, 101st against the run, and 125th against the pass. Again, there's only 128 teams that get measured in these things. So, you know, the Louisville and Ole Miss could be putting up a lot of points. If you're betting on that one, I don't know what the over is on Bet Online, but take the over. Take the yeah. over on that one. It's going sky high. So, but uh, TK. We've done it, man. We've uh, week one of second to none. I've had an absolute blast. We've had our first guest on with Aaron Murray coming on. Um, you know, we tell tell people on Monday when they tune in Monday, what are we going to be doing? A little little from this weekend. What are, what we're we going to have for them this upcoming Monday? Man, on Mondays we'll have reaction Mondays. Blaine and I will be reacting to the weekend, all of the top plays. Hopefully we'll. Later on in the season, I'll break down some stuff, some plays and things like that. But it'll be Reaction Mondays on Monday. I'm excited about it. Um, and hopefully we'll be happy. Oh, yeah. The SEC the SEC should have a big weekend. So for Tavares King, I'm Blaine Gilmer. And we will catch you next time on Second to None. Presented by BetOnline and PlayActionPools.com. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.